0: Proverbs 13, verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you have created us in your image as receptacles of hope. A human being without hope is despondent and depressed. Father God, we are called, we are fearfully and wonderfully made so that our hearts are pregnant with biblical hope and that our hope never outruns your will. That our hope is always within your will, Father God, so it doesn't make our hearts sick, but it's the tree of life, Father God. Let us all understand when we hope the way you teach us, And when we wait on you to fulfill that hope, it's the tree of life, God. There's no regrets. There's no remorse, Father God. There's there's none of that, Father. There's no pain, Father. And you never take it away. Help us to learn something new on this series of hope, Father God, for ourselves, Father. Help us to apply biblical hope, prayerful hope, according to thy word. In Jesus' name I pray. One of the great intangibles of life, and we can all say amen to this, is hope. Take hope out of the equation, and something generally is missing. Hope is like a buoyancy. It keeps us afloat. When the storms come, and they beat on us, guess what? As a buoy, we sway and we go all over the place, but guess what? We don't go under, because we're filled with God's hope. And there is a difference between general hope, and I'll speak about some general hope and some biblical hope today, but... We have a lot of small hopes, and we have some great hopes, and then there is the, the 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 great hope, and that's eternal life. And I'll be speaking that as the weeks go on. But we all have hopes. Everyone. If you're, if, if, if you're in a relationship, you have hope. You have children, you have hope for your children. Uh, you're part of a church, you have hope. If you're a Christian, you have hope that the, the words you're sowing in other people's lives and watering will, will manifest one day and, and, and bring salvation to a home, to a person, to a friend, to a family, so on and so forth. We all have hope. So let's take a moment. What are you hoping about today? What's that one or two things you're really holding on to that, you know, if it came to pass, just how incredible would it be? You know, I know what's going on in my life. I know we always have something going on. There's always a new flow of hopes going on. There's always something going on. It's one of the things that separate us from the brute beasts. They do everything under instinct. We plan with purpose many of the things in our life, and hope is a big part of this. The scriptures pro- portray God in, in Romans fifteen thirteen as the God of all hope. a matter of fact, hope is that intangible that only the human being can have, that God created us to be hopeful. Adam and Eve blew it. They reached to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil instead of just feasting on a tree of life where all the hope was. they They had hope in their heart. Satan twisted that hope, and they tried to get it right away. Sometimes we don't like waiting for things, do we? And that's where the trouble comes in, and that's when the heart is deferred, hope is deferred, it makes the heart sick, and so on and so forth. One of the things I really want to get across today is we're created to have hope. We should have hope, and that hope should be really great. I like the way uh, Webster says it, it's to cherish a desire, to cherish a desire with anticipation of its fulfillment. Hope is alive, man. It speaks to us. We desire it. We have to have it. I'm telling you now, if you don't have hope, it's almost like a walking dead. Real hope. This hope that comes from God is the God of all hope. Is a hope that doesn't backfire. It, it, it has no regrets. There's no buyer's remorse. There's no pain. Uh, it, it comes with grace. It fulfills our heart. No one can steal it because God has given it to us. And I want to make that point today. The book of Proverbs uh, instructs us in all 31 chapters to the fear of the Lord. That's the book of Proverbs. It's the fear of the Lord. How to properly have reverence for God in our daily activities, in our, our moral and ethical behavior. And there's two. It, it portrays two women in the book. There's Lady Wisdom and there's Lady Folly. Lady folly always leads to destruction, and that's doing life without God. And then there's lady wisdom personified, and that's doing life God's way. And we're always fully satisfied. And that's where we find our text tonight, in the book of Proverbs. This hope you cannot separate from wise living. To have hope that something just good's gonna happen, like I'll just go to school, I won't study too hard, I'll just go to school, and I'll just hope that it's gonna go well. Well, it doesn't work that way. If you go to school, you have to work at it to get the best that school can give to you. Just because you have a gym membership, are you with me? (laughs) How many people in this room have a gym membership? All right, just about every hand went up. How many people aren't using their gym membership? All right, This is a pretty good gym savvy church. So chances are most of the people in here are going to the gym. But Most people I know have gym memberships, but they don't go. Joining the gym doesn't give you the hope that you're going to get in shape. You got to show up. You got to learn. There's nutrition involved, so on and so forth. There's, there's work involved. And so it is with genuine hope, biblical hope that God puts on our heart. There's no easy way. And that's scary for some people because we like the easier, softer way, don't we? But that's not the way it works in Scripture. In Scripture, to have this hope from God and to have those good things God gives. Let me tell you something. Stick around. You love God? He'll give you good things. God likes to bless his children. So hold on to that. But understand something. There's prices to pay. There's a way of doing it. And it's not the world's way. It's God's way. God's way or our own way, that's what we're contrasting tonight. Our proverb tonight contrasts two ways of fulfilling hope. One is a dead end and one is the tree of life. God's way is the way of integrity. God's way is the way of honesty. Prayerfully. Our way, our sinful, selfish way, is the quick and easy way. No hard work, no waiting. We cut corners, we avoid waiting. God's fulfillments are often very modest over a long period of time, but it lasts the duration of one's life. I think about me and my wife, how blessed we are with friendships that go back to kindergarten and we're so blessed in this community we have such deep roots I can't go anywhere and I'm just overwhelmed sometimes with tears in my eyes I could be sitting there in Panatigo having lunch and I'm crying because I'm just so blessed to have rich, deep friendships and fellowships at almost 60 years old. I'm a blessed human being. I pray you have that, and I pray you honor that, and I pray you feel that way about friends and family in your life. It's all about people. I just wanted to share that. Our sinful, selfish ways usually come to an end, and the end usually brings pain and destruction. I want to give you an example out of the Bible today of hope deferred. Okay, Uh, let's go to uh, Genesis chapter 13. I'm going to read about eight verses of scripture. (coughs) Okay, let me just pull it up here. Okay, here we go. Story about Abraham and his nephew Lot. Then Abram said to Lot, his nephew, Let there be no strife between you and me. And between your herdsmen and my herdsmen. For we kinsmen. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if you take the right hand, then I'll go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and he saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere. Like the garden of the Lord. Like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zor. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley, and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley, and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked and great sinners. Let's hold off over there. The rest of our story, we should all know lots looked up he saw all this this hope this jordan valley was green and that's what he wanted and he took it little did he know that he moved right next to sodom and gomorrah and the next chapter says he moved into sodom and gomorrah lot lost everything he lost his home he lost all his possessions he lost his wife he lost his children to the culture the man was destitute at the end because he did it the wrong way on the other hand Abraham listen now to how God blessed Abraham listen to this in verse 14 do we have that Jackie maybe you can put that up 14 to uh, 18 take a moment I can't read the whole Abraham story but this is a story we should know starting in verse 14 To 18, please. Thank you. Okay, coming. Are you hoping it comes up? Are you anticipating that one day it's going to come up on that screen? Is your heart filled with expectation that Jackie's going to nail this back there? All right, this is where I do my stand-up comedy routine. Okay, I'm going to read it, okay? Jackie, that's okay. Hope deferred. We're all sick in here now. That, don't worry about it. All right, here, let me read it. Listen. The Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, Abraham, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward, eastward and westward. For all the land that you see, I will give it to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise, Abraham, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abraham moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of memory, which, which are at Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. It might not look like hope there, but understand something about Abraham. Abraham was a man who was blessed deeply by God. Lot went his way and lost everything. Abraham was the humble man. He did it God's way, and God gave him everything, and it was never taken away from him a matter of fact, the first thing that Abraham does when he gets there, he worships God. Do you know that a tree of life, when when your heart is so filled with God, when God has blessed you so much, you will worship God like you never worshiped God before. When you learn to wait on God for these fulfillments of our dreams and our hopes. Let's go to our text, and I'll speak out of Proverbs 13. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire for full fulfilled is a tree of life. I have my illustration. Sad face. That's hope deferred. Stay there. Stay there. It's cost me two bucks, all right. <laughs> a desire for full. He's got a happy face. Hope deferred. Desire fulfilled. Oh, God. That was great. You pick and choose. That's what it's like. When you've got God's blessing on your life, there's no regrets at all. I mean, it's just like you've got this buoyancy. It's like you're just filled with helium. De- I like it. All right? How many people like the illustration? Lie to me. Lie to me. All right? All right. Hope in scripture simply means eager expectation. Usually to something God has promised. And how we learn to wait on that. First and foremost, Hope is seen as a given. Hope is part of the human experience. It's part of the human... Uh, How God created us It is in us You don't have to look for it It starts when we were children Hope is just there Something that's just there A natural part of life In God's good world No definition is needed Every human being understands What hope is And everyone understands When a dream does not come to pass It usually brings some sort of pain to it Has anybody ever experienced hope That didn't come to pass? Hope deferred. Do you know the pain? Sometimes it's agony when it doesn't go our way, the way we want. But when we wait on God and we do it God's way, and though it sometimes takes much longer, it's the tree of life. It simply means expecting something good to happen in a general sense. Usually an association to work, done. Nothing in scripture is just hope fulfilled, a desire fulfilled, without putting some elbow grease into it. We put our work and we put our time and we put our effort to do it God's right way. And then we get God's end and desires that come along with it. And again, as we get into the text, as I preach a little more, you'll see there's no regrets to it. At all. Hope looks to the future, never looks backward, and has the power and the ability to bring a sense of joy into the present. We have that hope, and you know God's involved. It can bring a joy, a contentment now. Many times we rush to make something happen. We make a dream happen. Why? Because we want it so bad. We're not willing to wait. We'll cut corners, we'll do whatever it takes. For that dream to be fulfilled. But when you wait on God. You know what the Bible says about those who wait on the Lord? Just renew your strength. There's another scripture that says you'll never ever be disappointed. Those who wait on God are never disappointed. Is anybody waiting on God for something? I see some hands going up. I should see more hands go up but if you're waiting on God for that to happen understand something you'll never be disappointed we can look at Genesis and look at Joseph's life how God blessed Joseph how God blessed Job at the end of their lives they were were given twice as much they were so blessed because they waited on God they didn't do things their own way and I keep on saying that not doing our things our own way because guess what if you have hope and you're not waiting on God, then guess what? You're taking matters into your own hand. I'm speaking to Christians. I'm not speaking to non-believers. I'm speaking to people who put God first in their life. I want to ask you a question. Is your hope tank, is it full, empty, half full? Where's your hope tank? Where are you in hope today? Are you living in despair? Are you living hopeful? Are you thinking about how life's going to be next week, next year? five years from now? Or is that a scary prospect for some people? Is that a scary thought? How would you like to be in the same place five years from now? That's not a bad thing, you know. If you're following the Lord and God says, Brian, you're going to be, I say, praise God. If God says, you know, Brian, you're going to be here and you'll be ministering to 40 people, 50 people, guess what? Praise God. I'm going to be more happy let me tell you a lesson on hope hope deferred when we started the church 12 years old I had hope for this church man my heart was full and man I wanted to see things happen and we were going to do things and our intentions were right and our intentions were and they still are right but you see something I wanted to see what I wanted and guess what happened I got depressed very depressed You don't want to minister depressed, not good. And I was walking to church on a Sunday, it was like this. I was miserable. I was miserable. And God in his kindness, he spoke to my heart. He said, Brian, you're miserable because you want to see what you want, not what I'm doing. And just like that, the first thing I thought of was Lorraine Fritz. Lorraine, I want you to stand up. Please. This is my dear sister. You can sit down. Bless God. The first thing I thought about. That's enough. What God was doing was saving people and transforming them from the inside out. And I wasn't giving it the special attention I should. I was too busy waiting for the chairs to be full. And God says, are you kidding me? I'm bringing, right in front of you, people are being saved and changed. And you're not relishing and enjoying and celebrating in that. And my whole life in ministry, my whole life towards ministry changed. The only thing I care about are people. Period. Don't care if there's 12 people, 112 people in the It can make no difference to me. I care about people. and God's working on them and God's doing work in their hearts that is the only thing we are concerned about God saved me from my own despair that despair I had was my I made that because I wanted something and I missed what God was doing and I share that with you because sometimes we can find that in our own lives. We can be trying to make something happen and we're missing what God's really doing in our life. Now I really know how to sit down and enjoy talking to somebody. My greatest joys are not f- is spending time with people. It's one of my greatest joys. What a great paycheck I get. I hang out with people God's working on their hearts. And we sit and we chat and we laugh and we cry together and we have hope and we pray together. Praise God. I love my job. I went from being miserable to loving what God has called us to do. And that's a lesson I had to learn. It's something I had to walk through. And maybe you can apply that to your own life's situation. But Proverbs 4.23 says... What does it say? Oh guard your heart with all diligence for out of the flow the issues of life we have to be careful how we manage hope, how do you manage your expectations are you reckless it's got to be done tomorrow you got to you, you get it done, it has to happen you're watching the water boil or you're the time that says, well you know when God's time comes if it's, a, if, if it's a day, it's a week, a month, or a year it makes no difference, I'm waiting on God Amen. that is hard Abraham waited 25 years for the promise to be fulfilled. Jesus waited until he was 30 to go into ministry. The apostle Paul was called to be the apostle to the Gentiles. But he sat in Antioch for 12 years as just an associate pastor before he was called into the mission field. David was chased through caves in the wilderness before he became the king of Israel. David had to wait over twenty years before he stepped into Saul's shoes as the king of Israel. As a matter of fact, Hebrews eleven six teaches us: it's through hope and patience; it's through faith and patience you inherit the promises. Are you reckless? Are you trying to make hope happen? Or do you prepare for maybe, this won't work out, so I have a plan B. When it comes to wanting something, do you put all your eggs into one basket without really investigating it? Do you know how many Christians I know get-rich-quick schemes? I'm flabbergasted of how many believers I know threw money into investments that they lost everything. Because why? It sounded good but they never investigated it they never asked the right questions they never sought counsel they never sought pastoral counsel you're going to take 50, 60, 70% of your life savings and just invest it without asking the pastor to come and pray and running it by some business minds I see that so often how about falling in love some people fall in love every other week they're so desperate to have someone anything will do if someone looks at them it's like that it's first love at first sight you know but that's the sixth one this month <laughs> a little sarcasm to make the point that's all but we do things like this don't we we have weaknesses some areas we can be so solid in other areas we're reckless but remember guard your heart guard the hopes of your heart of course, out of the flow the issues of life, you get wounded. You carry wounds for a long, long time. Am I speaking to anybody in this room? Yes. I'm sure we're all sitting here and we got wounds because we ran into something too quick. And I'll tell you what the worst one, it's romance. Romance can ruin you. It can ruin us, and you know something. I think we've all tasted of bad Romans. That, that that it's like it's like gum on your shoe. You can't get rid of it. You know, it's just it's just there, and it goes on for years and years. And the pain and the suffering is there. And you know, because we do things with outside God's will. Yeah. What kind of hoper are you? Are you conservative? Are you careful? Do you guard your heart? Are you making sure you're not going to ruin your future by a bad choice today? Or are you restless? Fast decisions. No cost-effective analysis. Jump into anything as soon as you can because it sounds good. It's the very thing I'm looking for. How many times me and John sat there and someone told me what they did? They never asked us, oh, Pastor, this is what we decided to do. The next thing you know, they're moving, they're in another state, they're in another, they got no job, they just got up and moved, and me and John are looking. Like, <laughs> I thought we were pastors. I thought, you know, the, the sheep would go to the pastor and say, this is my idea, this is what, they're not, they don't have a church, they don't, they don't have a job, they just go because it sounds good. All of us somewhere or another fall into these two categories, as the verse suggests. The verse suggests those who hope is deferred because they did not do it God's way. The second one is the fulfillment like a tree of life because they did it God's way. That's the book of Proverbs. It's God's way, Lady Wisdom, or our way, Lady Folly. And that's how it is. And probably all of us have tasted a little bit of both. Probably all of us have enough in our life of doing it the wrong way, of not waiting on God, taking matters into our own hands. And like Abraham did with Ishmael, guess what? Abraham did with Sarah, uh, Haggai, you know, they birthed something they had to keep alive. Biblical hope and a human experience go hand in hand. The, the ability to hope is there because God of all hope put it there. I spoke about Adam and Eve already, but without these expectations, life would be drab and boring. Life in God's world should not be boring. Please hear me. doesn't mean it's going to be easy. But life in God's world and God's kingdom should not be boring. We should have a robust life. And as pastors, me and John often... This is your body of Christ, this is your family. We are to be here for one another at all times, helping, encouraging each other, bringing our gifts in here, watching God work in our life, watching God work in other people's lives. When you're involved with the local church, let me tell you something, you're seeing God at work, it fills the heart. Rarely do we ever go home and wake up Monday hungover like, oh, no, I, I feel we served God yesterday. Friday's the same thing. We serve God. Monday, when the men get together, we wake up and we serve God together. Serving God fills the heart. Life in God's world should not be born, but the best life of life's hopes are found and fulfilled in his kingdom. I hope you understand that. Listen to what Jesus says. What does it gain a man What does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but forfeit his soul? I was thinking about a man, Warren Buffett, actually, a billionaire. I shared this experience once before. I have a friend of mine, I, I trained him, a very wealthy man. He was talking to me about Warren Buffett, it was about four or five years ago, how wealthy he was. And he was talking about him like he was God himself. He had this whimsical look and he was talking about all this money and these billions of dollars. And, but I said, he's 85 years old. He's going to die soon. And I'm telling you, like our balloon. When I said that to him, he went like this. <laughs> His whole world just came crashing in. You know why? Because it's the truth. So what? You got billions of dollars. You're going to die. And if you don't have Christ, you don't have eternal life, you don't have any real hope. These are all lesser hopes we're chasing around over here. What we all need is a priority change. We need God's kingdom, God's hope, and all these other lesser hopes. They'll take their place in our life. But what we do, we chase this world and the hopes of this world, thinking that God's going to bless it. And when they're not blessed, we'll end up like on the floor, like our deferred hope over here. God first everything else later when God is first your whole hope changes you start hoping for different things you start desiring different things and then your heart is full listen I know what it is to have nice things it's nice to have nice things but if you put your hope into nice things you're a fool all of us are fools if we put our hope into nice things. You know what deferred means? Okay, this is what it means in Hebrew. It means to seize and to carry off. It means to be pulled or dragged or stretched away from. It's usually in association with Violence. So what it is, it's this, it's like when hope is ripped out of the heart, it's a violent, how can you say it's, I'm I'm missing a word, but something has been just, you're violated. Something has been ripped out of your heart. Something that was there that you you cherished was ripped out. It's deferred. It's not going to happen. It's not yours. It never will be yours. It's taken away from you. This word connotes a ripping out of the heart. It's violent. It's as all the air in the balloon has been let out. And the balloon is not usable anymore. Some people carry some deep wounds cause hope has been deferred. Hope has been ripped out of their heart. In counseling, me and John often have to put lives back together again. That's our job as Christian pastors. It's not just preaching the gospel, of course. But much time, we got to spend a lot of intimate time with people who have to put their lives back together because something's been ripped out of them. Because we live in what? A fallen, sinful world. Where we take our hope and we just throw it out there. We open up our heart to the world and we're not guarding our heart. It's one of the things I teach all the young kids. you got to guard your heart with all diligence out of the floating issues of life. Choices that are made at 16 years old and 15 years old and 13 years old can ruin you for life. It leaves the person's heart who's holding the hope in shambles. When you read the book of Proverbs, make it a point to start reading the book of Proverbs, and maybe you do. Listen to the people that do it the foolish way. They always end up in ruin. Always. But you can say, but Brian, I'm still here. How's our emotional state? Is our emotional state whole? Is our psychological state whole? Or we've had hope... Ripped out of our hearts so many times that it actually wounds us as human beings. That's a thought. And many of these wounds that our balloon experiences are deep wounds. We carry them out throughout our life. It affects our emotions, psychologically, it affects us. Romance in this area is paramount. That's why Christian courtship does not wound. Christian courtship does not wound. Because when you do it God's way, there's no sex involved. And two people are courting one another, and loving one another, and caring for another, but you're both waiting on God's okay. And if it doesn't work out, then guess what? You got friends. But once sexual intimacy is involved... It's always ugly. It is jealousy. It's suspicion. It's pain. It's hurt. It's resentment. It's malice. It gets slanderous. Look at divorces, how they go on. It's just, there's always pain involved, man. But God's way never disappoints. You have James chapter one up there. Listen to James. Let's go to verses uh, 1 to 5. Let me see here. James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes and the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That means mature. If you have any... If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. Understand something. When we're doing life and we have hopes and we have desires, we don't take matters into our own hands. We go to God and we ask how to do it. And God gives us the wisdom. And when God gives us the wisdom because we waited on God and we wanted to honor God in obedience, guess what? There's no pain. There's no remorse. There's no regrets. If something doesn't work out, it just didn't work out. And you can go on. You're still in love with God. You're still in love with people. You're not miserable. You're not unhappy. You're not ruined. You're not trying to pick up the pieces anymore. Why? Because you do it God's way. God's way is not just the best way. It is the safe way. It's the way you guard your heart. On the contrary, those who faithfully ask God for wisdom and seek counsel on all the tough areas of life find great satisfaction when their godly desires are satisfied. It's like life from the dead. Their heart is overwhelming with joy and satisfaction. If we had the time, please go home and read Genesis, starting in chapter 37 to chapter 50, and study Joseph's life. The man had one tough, challenging life, but God blessed him at the end. Job also, God blessed him at the end. Guess who else? God raised Christ at the end. God never fails anyone waiting on him in any area. If you're waiting for the right woman, you're waiting for the right man, God will not disappoint you. Amen. Ever. We do not take matters into our own hands. And what happens out of this is this, this, this praise for God. There's this such gratitude for God for what he's done for you as you waited patiently on him you gave him your desires you gave him your dreams, you gave him your hopes you didn't want to run out God you didn't take matters into your own hand but you waited and you waited and you cried and you felt the pain of waiting because waiting is not easy when you want something so much and it's right there and you feel like you can take it but you're waiting and you're waiting and waiting and then one day God brings it to you and that's what he did to Abraham. When Lot looked and he saw and he went, then God spoke to Abraham and God told Abraham, look up, look to the east, look to the west, look to the north, look to the south. It's all yours. Listen to the way the King James Version writes this proverb. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it's the tree of life. The New King James Version really grabs the contrast between those who hope the wrong way, and it's deferred, and those who hope the right way. And it becomes a tree of life. But when the desire comes, because you didn't take matters into your own hand, you did it God's way, you waited on God, and when it came, it's nothing like the tree of life. Understand something about the, the, the metaphor of the tree of life. It doesn't get better than the tree of life. In the Old Testament, it's the tree of life. In the New Testament, it's eternal life with Jesus Christ. You cannot beat it. The tree of life is just like you are just so overwhelmed, you're so joyful, you're so caring, you're, so, you're just absolutely in love with God, you are smitten. That God has been listening to your cries and your prayers for decades sometimes. And then it comes to pass, you're just overwhelmed. And I think of Zechariah and Elizabeth. They desired to have a child all their life. And when they did, it was John the Baptist. You cannot get better than God, man. You cannot... I think of Hannah who prayed and she mumbled at the temple. She prayed to God for a child. And when the child came, it was Samuel the prophet. And she gladly gave the child back to God. Because God gave it. It's the tree of life. It's the tree of life. Matter of fact, you can't do without it. I can go on and on. When the tree of life comes, you're not thinking about the hard work that you put into it. When the dream comes to fulfillment, you're not worrying about all the pain, the suffering, the tears, the what-ifs. You know, it's all gone. It's all gone. There's no regrets in your life because you did it God's way. I' going go over these notes. As I said, I'll close with two applications and one statement. When a desire is fulfilled, it's a gift from God. And it doesn't come with any hidden costs. It's yours to enjoy. You don't have to look over your shoulder because you got it the wrong way. You didn't cut corners. You didn't lie. You didn't cheat. You didn't outrun God. And guess what? It's yours forever to enjoy. But when we do things our way, sometimes it comes with a price, doesn't it? And we pay that price. You know, Abraham had to find that out. Abraham and Sarah had to find that out with Ishmael. Abraham loved Ishmael. How many people know the Abraham story? All right. Get familiar with the book of Genesis Because the whole Bible talks about the, the Abraham story so, so get used to it But understand something Abraham put all his hope Into a slave girl And they had a child And the child grew up with his name was Ishmael And it says the child grew up in the eyes of Abraham Abraham loved Ishmael But he wasn't the child of promise and one day he had to give the child up. Because you can't have room for both. You can't have the promise of God in our own personal fulfillments. You can't have your cake and eat it either. God often has to come in and shake up. I prayed for a man for years. I love him. He was a karate student of mine. I just love this man. He was a, a drug dealer. I prayed for him, I witnessed to him. He got saved. And he served God faithfully for seven years. And guess who came after him? The long arm of the law. He was out of the business for 10 years serving God. His three buddies, one went away for 25 years. The other one went away for 17 years. And the other one went away for 16 years. And he was under trial. And he just trusted God. He lost everything. Everything his drug money bought, he lost it to the lawyers. (laughs) He lost his home. He lost everything. But he didn't lose God. He ended up going away for 16 months and he came out totally clean. He's got one of the best jobs. He's got a great business now. He's in a new house now. You know, he's still got to live life in the real world, but here's the point. You do it God's way. When you don't do it God's way, it gets taken away from him. God took everything away from him, but he was like, praise God. I got a clean slate now for once in my life. That's what he told me. I feel like I got a clean slate. My past is finally dealt with. <clears throat> and the last thing I'll speak about is, I spoke about romance already. Business ventures. Be careful. Be careful how fast you run into a business venture thinking God's just going to bless it. Be careful. Seek out counsel. Do not empty your, 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 your bank account to try to get rich quick. Do not do that. That is hope deferred, and when that happens, you're left with absolutely nothing. And you're sitting there with buyer's remorse saying, I've got to be out of my mind. If I could tell you how many good, godly people have made this mistake, do not do it. Seek counsel in everything you do with your finances. And and that's a way of pleasing God. I say that because I've just seen too many people hurt, and I don't want to see anybody in this church hurt. Anyway, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father God, if we keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, Father God. He is the hope of glory, Christ in us, Father God. And we know that hope never disappoints, Father, because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts, Father God. And we have a living hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Father God, let your people be pregnant with help, Father God. Fill our hearts with fill our hearts with hope, Father. God, of wonderful, great, and grand things that you will do in us and through us and for us, Father God, as we wait on your spirit, as we study your word, as we apply these principles in all our affairs, Father God, you will watch over us, Father God. Help us, Father God, not to be hopers that are reckless, but hopers that are prayerful, biblical, and conservative, in Jesus' name.